Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Well, let's pray. Father, we give thanks to you tonight for the privilege of studying your holy written word. It is an honor to be able to come together like this and learn from you. Father, may your spirit be our teacher and guide tonight. May he open the eyes of our understanding, unveiling to us the deep, rich treasures of your holy written word. Father, change us by what we're hearing tonight from glory to glory. Conform us to the very image of Jesus. Thank you for the sacrifice he made that we could become the people that you want us to be. And Father, we believe that we are growing and developing constantly so that we could represent you well and honor you by reaching this, our generation, with the life-changing truths of the gospel. I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost that I may proclaim the truth of your word in power and demonstration that our faith would stand not in the wisdom of men but the power of the living God. Father, thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I didn't realize we'd be going 12 lessons on prayer but we may go 20 or 30. I don't know. But it's a good subject so we're going to continue talking about it. The main reason why is because, first of all, there's three disciplines that Jesus taught that each and every one of us is really to practice in our Christian experience. And number one is when you pray. Number two is when you give. And number three is when you fast. Those are the three disciplines, as far as our lives are concerned, that should be practiced by all believers. So when you give, don't be giving to be seen of men. When you pray, don't be praying to be seen of men. And when you fast, the same rule applies. Because you have your reward. When a man rewards you for what you've done, and they say, hey, good job, pat on the back, that's where it ends right there. But he says, if I see you do it, and there's no earthly reward, I'll have a reward for you in glory. That your eye hasn't seen, your ears haven't heard, neither has entered to your heart, praise God, these things that God has prepared for those that love him. And so, we're talking about prayer, and tonight... One of the biblical prayers that we're going to look at is called the prayer of Jabez. The prayer of Jabez. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 9 and 10. And this is what they say. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, And that thine hand might be with me. And that thou wouldest keep me from evil. That it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. We see four things. The prayer is composed of four things that he prayed for. Number one, God bless me. I want your blessing upon me. Well, that's a good thing, wouldn't you say? Amen. And then, of course, he wanted... God to enlarge his coast. That means for him to make broader his circle of influence. Giving him the ability to reach more people. 
And thirdly, he said, I need your hand to be upon me, your power to manifest in my life. And then he realizes there'd be opposition. So he said, protect me from the evil that's out there and keep me safe. Well, what we're going to do is look at this prayer and we're going to offer some observations and see how we can use some of it in our lives or the best way to use what he prayed in our lives. So number one, the first thing we're going to see here about Jabez in his prayer was he wanted God to bless him for right reasons. He wasn't being selfish in this prayer. He wanted God to bless him for right reasons. Well, what's the right reason? Well, number one, God wanted him to be blessed. God wants all of us to be blessed. He knew that being blessed was the will of God for all mankind. Look at the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. First six verses and then verse 15. It shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments which I command thee this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall thy, be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in. Blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. But, in verse 15, it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command this th- thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. I want all the hands that go up that want to live under the curses. Not one. What about those that want to live under the blessing? Everyone does. This is the will of God for everyone. He wanted it for them, but he wants it for us as well. He wants every one of us to be blessed. So it's not wrong for him to say, I want your blessing upon me. But also, he wanted to be blessed so he could be a blessing. Look at Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. This wasn't for selfish reasons that he wanted to be blessed. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Of course he's speaking to Abraham who he made his name great and obviously he became a blessing. So Jabez knew That the reason to be blessed was because God willed his being blessed. But then also God wanted him to be blessed so that he could be a blessing to those around him. Every single one of us, if we're going to ask God for anything like that in our lives, it should be because we want to be a blessing to other people. As a matter of fact, we should all want to be a blessing going somewhere to happen. Amen? You want to be a blessing. You don't want to bring a curse to anybody. You want to be a blessing to someone. And so he understood that. Our entire reason for living and for being alive and for existing upon the planet is to be a blessing to God and a blessing to other people. As a matter of fact, Jesus said he laid down his life for us and we owe it to him to lay down our lives for other people. In 1 John, look at chapter 3 and verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought or owe it to him to lay down our lives for the brethren. Think about that. 
When's the last time you said, Lord, I thank you for your blessing in my life so that I can lay down my life and be a blessing to everybody around me? That's my longing desire. That's my reason for living. Now that was for him and for them back then. But I want you to see something here. First, as far as you and I are concerned for us in this generation in which we are living, we wouldn't pray that first part of the prayer of Jabez. We wouldn't say, Lord, bless me. You know why? We've already been blessed. There is nothing left that heaven has that he hasn't blessed us with. Every spiritual blessing. Look at Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with half of the spiritual blessings. All of the spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So you see, we wouldn't start our prayer by saying, now Lord bless me. You'd be saying, Father, I want to thank you that you have blessed me. You have blessed me in every way imaginable. Starting by giving me Jesus and then with him you gave me all things. There's nothing you withheld. You've given me the kingdom. And so therefore, I'm thanking you that I am blessed. Praise God. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. There was a, 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 a doormat on the floor you could put in your house. Blessed coming in, blessed going out. They're still in there? We have some still in there? I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Praise God. Whether you're going in, whether you're coming out, you're blessed. So say it with me. Father, thank you for blessing me with all that you have wow that's a lot see but almost be an insult to God by saying the prayer that he prayed the way he prayed it father you know bless me because he's already blessed us that's the difference between the old and the new covenant this has already been fulfilled for us in Christ someone might be thinking but yeah you know you don't know that was all offered to Abraham and they've got well listen I was prepared for you Galatians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Let's read them. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel to Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith, are you of faith? Are blessed with faithful Abraham. Say it with me, I'm blessed with faithful Abraham. Abraham's blessings are mine. Say it with a little more gusto. <laughs> Say it again. That means that when you're 135, you want to get married, have six more kids. That's one of his blessings. He married Keturah at 135, right? Had six more kids. Anybody game for that? <laughs> no takers? <laughs> All right. Abraham's blessings are mine. We've already been blessed. And so we could modify that and just say, rather than like he said, bless me, I am blessed. I am blessed beyond my comprehension. You are blessed beyond your imagination. And I do believe that God wants us to recognize that and realize that. And when you get up in the morning till you go put your head at rest at night, you're saying, I'm blessed. Someone should make a song about that. I am blessed. I am blessed every day of my life. I'm blessed. When I rise up in the morning till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. So say it with me. I'm blessed. I am so blessed.
Think about it. My goodness, Brother Jeff, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're no longer an AFib. You're blessed. Dante's blessed. We're all blessed. Praise God. That's what faith is all about. Recognizing it, acknowledging it, and thanking God for it. How do you think he feels when we get up in the morning and just say, just another, another mundane day. Oh, I can't believe all that I have to do. My goodness. I can just, heaven up there just going, please. Don't you think he loves it a whole lot more when we get up in the morning and just say, I am a blessed human being. I've been blessed because Jesus is Lord of my life. You can look in that mirror and just say, I am blessed by being the masterpiece of Almighty God. Look out world, I'm coming. I'm coming. Praise God. And on your way to work, you're blessed. And you know why he wants you to know you're blessed? Because that's when you'll know you need to be a blessing. You need to carry what you have to the place where you work. And anywhere and everywhere you go, once again, you've been blessed to be a blessing. And your very existence is to be a blessing to God and a blessing to the people that you serve. And that you associate with in life. So whether you're going to get some gas at the gas station or the store to get something to eat. Or if you're going to this place, that place, or the other place. You should be saying to yourself, I am here to be a blessing. How can I be a blessing to all these people? How can I share my heart, my faith, or whatever? I am here to be a blessing everywhere I go. Number two. The second thing, this is what he wanted. He wanted God to give him a broader platform of influence. When he said, enlarge my coast, he is saying this. I want you to make me prosperous and give me a position, not for personal fame or not for personal glory, but I want you to put me in a position where I can reach more people for your honor and for your glory. That is my longing desire. And that should be all of our longing desires. Every one of us. I want to be a blessing everywhere I go. And I want to have a greater circle of influence. I was uh, talking to Dante just the other day. He said that very thing to me. He said, Dad, you know, you have a platform where you can reach more people than I can. (laughs) I said, well, right now that's probably true. But that doesn't mean you can't reach the people that you associate with. He said, but my longing desire, and it's amazing to me that it's exactly what we're talking about here tonight is that I can have a position where I can reach as many people as I possibly can with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to have a platform, not for personal glory, but so that I can share with others about the goodness and the greatness of God. That's what this second part of the prayer is all about. And, and once again, don't get me wrong. I think in some circles, sometimes we just get focusing on ourselves And forget the reason why God wants to bless us. God wanted to bless Israel so that they could bless all the nations of the world. Not just keep it all to themselves, right? But they kept it all to themselves and they wouldn't do what God wanted them to do. He had to go beyond them and reach out to the Gentiles. Well, praise God. God doesn't want to bless us so that we can just keep it to ourselves. He wants to bless us so that we can reach out. And touch the hearts and lives of people everywhere we go. And it's not wrong to say, okay, I am a blessed person. Now, Father, give me a platform. Provide for my every need. Give me a platform that I can once again be able to reach more people. And listen to this. If you'll start doing it where you're at, praise God, he'll give you a a broader platform. Amen. 
Now, look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. He wanted success, but not for selfish reasons. He wanted to be able to reach others. This is Paul talking to Timothy, giving him some good advice. Let no man despise your youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Notice this. In word, in conversation, in charity or love, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift of God that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things and give yourself wholly to them. Why? That your profiting may appear to all. God wants to benefit every one of us by blessing us in such a way so that others can see how we're benefited by him and then they want what we have. They want what we have. Praise God. So that should be on our hearts and minds every single day. Everywhere you go, you are blessed to be a blessing. And everywhere you go, you can reach out and enlarge your tent, so to speak, and your borders and your coast by just giving yourself wholly to what God has called you to do. Be an example to others. But then also look at First Timothy chapter 6. Also when it comes to if you're wealthy. Let's just say that God has given you a ministry. Where you can minister to people because of the success that you have. And that's what he prayed for. Charge them that are rich in this world. That they be not high minded. Nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. That they do good, and that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute. Willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. So in other words, Jabez was actually saying this. I'm, I want you to bless me. And then I want you also to put me in a position where I can have the resources that I need to reach the masses of people. He lived in Judah and he wanted to go beyond the territory of Judah. I want to be able to go, let's say, into other, other tribes and other nations. I just want to be able to reach out as far as I possibly can. And that should be heavy upon our hearts and minds. That he has blessed us to be a blessing. And that every single day of our lives we are here to minister to the needs of others. To help others. And also, not to be a stumbling block to people that are out there. Not to do things that would cause them to fall or fail in their walk. But live a kind of a lifestyle, praise God, that will enable them to see the benefit of serving God. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 54 and verse 2, look at what it says. Enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch forth the curtain of thine kingdom. The curtains of thine habitations rather. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. He is saying this. Get ready to enlarge. Enlarge your tent. Get ready to be stretched by God. So that you can reach others. So that you can touch others. You see, with what he's praying for and about may cause him to be stretched by God. When's the last time you ever prayed that prayer? God stretched me. You might, you know, stretching doesn't sound easy. I've, I've been praying that prayer for about 64 years right now. But it just doesn't seem, you know what? <laughs> My brother's in town from um, Florida. 
And so he was at the house for a while. And he's going back home tomorrow morning. So last night we went over there. And my brother and sister-in-law were there. And my brother's kids, his four children, were there with their children. Let me see. J- uh, JP is six foot one. Uh, my nephew is six foot even. His wife is almost six foot. And then I kept looking around the room. Their grandkids were almost six. I stood there among trees. I just looked around the room and I looked at my mom and I said, what happened? What happened here? How does my brother have all these giants? What happened here? Anyhow, just a side journey. Just a side thought. Stretch. Be stretched by God. Stretch yourself out to be able to minister effectively to as many people as you possibly can. We got to have that mentality. In other words, he is saying, you got to have this vision. You've got to see beyond where you're at, the circumstances of the now. And you've got to look to God and, and appeal to God and let Him know, I hunger and thirst for this. Whether you're in the music ministry, whether you're cleaning the church, or whether you have a card ministry, let him know, I will do this faithfully, but you know what? My sight is set on more. I know there's more out there to be had, and I want to completely give myself over to you so I can accomplish the things that you have for me in this life. I remember when I first got saved, I gave my heart to the Lord, and I'm teaching this little Bible study in my dad's house in the, in the basement, and there's only about 10, 12, 15 people there at a time, and I'm just sharing the word of God. You know, and then I let them know. I, you might, want, might not want to pray this prayer, but I let them know. If you'll teach me, Lord, I, I will dedicate, consecrate, set myself apart to teach your people the word of God. I will do whatever it is that you would have me to do. I just want to be used by you. And he took me up on it. But you know what? You got to get stretched. I got stretched. Maybe not this way, but I got stretched going across America, going over to Tulsa, Oklahoma, being in that setting that's out there that's not an easy place to be in. And I got stretched. I had to believe God for everything. I had to believe God for my survival. I had to believe God to meet the needs that we had that were out there. I left a good paying job to do it. And you know what? It's well worth it. I'm telling you right now, yes, there's going to be all kinds of trials, all kinds of tribulations, all kinds of difficulties you're going to have to face, all kinds of challenges along the way. But God, I want you to stretch me. Praise God. Just take me to places I've never been before. Now look, for us, the Great Commission is our goal. He wanted to reach beyond his borders, but the Great Commission is our goal. We don't have to have uh, any other revelation than that. Number one, bless me. Two, enlarge my tent. My tent, your tent, is the whole world. Anywhere and everywhere we go, praise God, we're to be examples for Christ. Are we not? And that's our platform right there. That's our coast right there. We're to reach out no matter where we're at, what we're doing. It's not about just being in this building and calling it church. You are the church going somewhere to participate. Amen. In touching hearts and changing lives. Amen. So that was his second part to his prayer. The third part is... He knew that for him to do this would require more resources than what he had. So number three is, he wanted God to help him to do it. So bless me, Father. 
give me an opportunity to, to go beyond where I'm at right now and reach out, enlarge my borders. But I need your help in accomplishing the work that I really want done. In other words, he was dreaming big. He was thinking big. And remember this. If you're where God wants you to be, that's big. That's big. You don't have to reach the world by yourself. You can't do it. But everyone participating will be able to do it. And that's what we've all been called to do. Participate in doing something to advance the kingdom of God. But he said, look, this is going to take work. It's going to take power that I don't have. See, his vision was a large vision. So what did he pray? What was his prayer? May your hand be upon me. May your hand. What is the hand of God? It's his omnipotence. It's his almighty power. Resting upon an individual. Imparting to him resources beyond his own power and ability. It's enabling him, equipping him, anointing him, appointing him for a mission that God has called him to. And so we see here him praying out knowing that, look, this job needs to get done. And I make myself available you to you to do it. But the requirement is this. I need resources that go beyond myself. So, Father, may your hand be upon me. In other words, I am recognizing the fact that I surrender myself to you. Because anything that's accomplished or achieved, I can take no credit for. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do what? absolutely positively nothing and so I'm giving myself over completely to you and I'm expecting your hand to be upon me everywhere I go your omnipotent power and manifestation upon my life everywhere I go whoever I speak to may the anointing be upon my lips to proclaim the word in power and demonstration any person I minister to I don't want to do it in my own flesh I want to do it by the unction and power of your Holy Spirit so I can penetrate their very hearts with your power not mine and so he's saying I need your help remember when Zechariah was told to rebuild the temple Zechariah 4 6 I mean Zerubbabel was told to rebuild the temple in Zechariah 4 6 what did he say the whole project was left off they were about building their own houses and and doing their own thing expensive houses and all that and the work of the Lord was set aside they were too involved in other things because you see there was too much opposition along the way well, finally God spoke to him, and finally his eyes are open. Finally he got stirred up once again. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. <laughs> Jabez knew. This can't be achieved or accomplished in my own strength or ability. I need something that goes far beyond that. Zerubbabel had the same notion. He understood that. And when God said to him, you're going to have opposition along the way, but speak grace to the mountain. Speak grace to the mountain. The hand of God is sufficient to see us through any project that he ever calls us to do. But we have to be aware of the fact every single day of our need to declare every day of our lives. I'm a blessed individual person. And everywhere I go, I'm going to be a blessing where I'm at. And praise God, I'm going to be a blessing no matter how far reaching I go in this society that I live in. No matter what God's called me to do. But I'm not doing it in my own strength. Praise God. I believe the hand of God is upon me. Remember what Jesus said? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to do everything that I'm doing. Remember Acts 10, 20, 10 38 what it said? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. What did Paul say? By the grace of God I am what I am. By the grace of God. In other words, he said it was the grace of God that enabled me to do everything that I do. And what did, you, what did God say to Paul? My grace is sufficient for you. It's more than enough for you. Tap into it, release it, and watch it work in your life. So beloved, if, if that's what they used, if that's what they needed, 
Jabez knew he needed it. Jesus knew he needed it. Paul knew he needed it. Anyone that's really aware of what the Bible teaches knows you need it. I need it. We all need it to achieve our goals. No matter what God has called us to do in this life. So they were all successful. Why? Because the hand of God was on them. And that's what he wanted. But look at for you and me. For us. For us. Jabez says may your hand be upon me. But you know what? We say something else. Look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. This is from the Amplified. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which provides His, strength which His boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies that you may be able. Wait a minute. There's a little bit of difference here. He's asking for it. He's telling us just to put it on. Put it on. That you may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Has he been knocking on your door? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He is saying this, okay, I'm a blessed person. The blessing of God is upon me. And that blessing is enabling me to be a blessing everywhere I go. But I can't do that in my own strength. I need the power and the might of God. And so, Father, I thank you that your hand is upon me. We don't even have to ask for it. Praise God. The Bible says, for as far as you and I are concerned, that we have power. And our eyes need to be open to the power that we have so that we can operate in it and succeed, praise God, in achieving our goals. Now, number four, he knew there would be opposition. The fourth phase of this prayer, he says, keep me from evil. He knew that there would be opposition along the way. He knew that. Jesus told us there'd be opposition along the way. So what's he asking? He's asking God for his help to overcome the evils that the enemy would bring his way. He knew there would be stiff composition. There would be opposition that would be stiff. He knew it would probably come from people within, people from without. Of course, the devil himself we know. But here's, here's his prayer. You can keep me from the evil. You have power to keep me from the evil one. And from all the opposition that I'll be facing. All the trials and tribulations. But you know what? First, we're concerned. Look at Galatians chapter 1. Here... Remember that Jesus, when he taught his disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer, said, and deliver us from evil. Right? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Similar to what Jabez prayed. Look at this. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this evil, present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father. See, there's a difference between the way he prayed. Lord, keep me from evil. Here it says, we've been delivered from the evil. We've been delivered from the powers of darkness. They have no power over us. We've got authority over all the power of the enemy. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, powerful scripture. There is no temptation taken you, but this is such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you or allow you to be tempted above that. You're able. 
but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. This is called renewing our mind correctly so that we could better understand the difference and the distinctions between his prayer and the way we would pray that. I know that I'm delivered from the evils of this age. We know, praise God, that Satan has no power over us and that we have power over all the power of the enemy. See, back then, they didn't have the resurrection. They didn't have the name of Jesus. They didn't have the shed blood. They didn't have the new and everlasting covenant. But you and I are under the new and everlasting covenant. We've got the name of Jesus. We've got the blood of Jesus. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us who wants to lead us down the right path and direct our, the course of our lives. And so, even though we'll face trials and we will face tribulations, there's a way of escape. And so, our prayer should be this. I know I'm blessed. I know I'm blessed to be a blessing. I know you're prospering me so I can reach others in my circle of influence. And I know that your hand is upon me. I am clothing myself every day with the armor of Almighty God. Someone says I have to get up every morning and put it on. My suggestion is just don't take it off when you go to bed at night. Keep it on. Praise God. So that you can stand against all the wiles of the devil. And then now... I know, praise God, that no matter what temptation comes my way, I've got power over it. Sin shall ha not have dominion over you. Any strategy of Satan has no power over you because he gave us what? His armor so that you and I can do what? Be able, sufficient in resources and ability to do what? Stand against all the wiles of the devil. That means the strategies the enemy can bring our way. Whose armor is it? Sometimes there's little, little thing we forget, we neglect. You remember when Saul wanted to give David his armor? And he said, what am I going to do with this? It's not been tried. I've never used anything like this before. And it weighed him down and all that. It was cumbersome to him. But that was Saul's armor. God says, it's my armor. It's the armor of God. Wow. Wow. Clothe yourself with the armor of God. Think about that. Be strong in the Lord. The power of His might. Take into yourselves the armor of God. That you may be able. Sufficient in resources and ability. To stand against all the wiles. The strategies and deceits of the devil. So it's God's armor. Did you ever see a Roman soldier. Stand clad in his armor. Completely covered with armor. Helmet on. Helmet of salvation, covering down, can't see who it is, right? It's the armor of God. My suggestion is, as I've told you before, don't lift up. Because if you lift it up, he sees it's just you. Keep it down, it's God's armor. He's looking at God, and he can't stand it. So clothe yourself with the armor of God that you can stand against all the wiles of the devil for God. Praise God is with us so this prayer of Jabez that he's praying out under the old covenant he's praying to, for a blessing for God to bless him he's praying for God to enlarge his borders his tent his circle of influence his sphere of outreach by making him prosperous or giving him a platform which is great we should all have a desire for that but then he also knew he couldn't do it in his own strength or ability so he asked God for his hand to be upon him and then he said, help me against all the wiles of the devil or all the opposition I'll be facing. But you and I, 
Oh, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Our circle of influence is as far reaching as the eye can see. We've got a platform where we can think about it. Think about today's platform. Think about social media. Think about your ability to be effective in touching the hearts and lives of so many different people. Sometimes people that maybe you wouldn't speak directly to. That's something about social media. Send them out a little tweet. Send them out a little text. I understand Facebook is huge. Get on that and, and, and be a witness on that. You, know, you can use it for good. It can be used for evil. I understand that. But it can be very much used for good. And you can reach so far. I'm telling what we've had people come and just say that many of my messages have gone as far as around the world. And why? Social media. The advancements in technology and all that. We got a platform. My goodness, we have a platform where we can reach out in a powerful way. So we are blessed by God. We have a large platform and we got great vision. But then thirdly, his hand is not just upon us. He is with us, he is in us, and he is for us. He is on our side. And all we have to do is just be strengthened with his strength and walk in the light of that revelation. And then finally, Satan has no power over us. We've got power over all the power of the enemy. And he said, nothing shall by any means hurt any one of us. Now notice in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. We're blessed by God with all spiritual blessings. He always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always gives us the victory. His power has been available to every single one of us. Acts 1.8. You shall receive what? When? After that the Holy Ghost. Is the Holy Ghost on you? Well then you have power. Say what may I have power. 14.11 in the, in the Strong's Concordance. That, that word dunamis is that word. You've got miracle working power. I've got miracle working power. Someone says why isn't it activated? Because we're not, we're not acknowledging it. I've got miracle working power. I'm a blessed man. God always calls me to triumph. I've got miracle working power operating in my life right now. Praise God. Thank you Jesus. And you'll be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And everywhere you go you'll be a witness. Because you're empowered from on high. And then finally, praise God. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. We have authority over all the power of the enemy. And notice this. We talked about this last week. We talked about Paul's prayer here to the church at Ephesus. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power. The power. That's the same word. 1411 Strong's Concordance. Dunamis. That's efficiently operative. The word worketh means efficiently operative in us. Where's the power? In us. Hallelujah. I've got the power, you've got the power in you. You are his dynamo. Praise God. You've got that miracle power in your life. Thank you, Jesus. So our prayers not like his. Oh Lord, bless me. Uh-uh, I'm blessed. You don't do that with arrogance, but you do it with a renewed mind. And stop asking God to do something he's already done. Right? He's already done. If he sets a table before you right now and we don't partake of it, whose fault is that? Ours. If he puts a big pizza sitting right over here right now, just right there on that table and says it's yours, you're blessed with it. And you never walk over and take a piece. Whose fault is that? So say it with me, I'm blessed. 
Amen. And why are you blessed? To be a blessing. Right? Amen. So I have it. I'm blessed. And what about your platform? No matter what you're doing in life, you have the opportunity. You've got the opportunity. You can reach as many people as you want. Like I said, social media, any way you want, you can reach out. Sometimes sending cards, sending notes, whatever. But thirdly, His power is in us. Say it with me. Your power is in me, Lord. I have it now. It's miracle working. And I activate it in my life. And I will release it to be a blessing everywhere I go. Amen. And you will be opposed. You will be. You'll have tribulation. But say it with me. I have power over all the power of the enemy because of the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You know what they said to Jesus? They said, even the devils obey us when we mention your name. He said, oh, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He said, but don't marvel at that. Marvel at this, that your name is written. In other words, the fact that you are entitled to use it, the fact that you have the power of attorney to use my name, marvel at that because you have a place in the Father's family, a place in the eternal kingdom. You belong there and you're authorized by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to put the devil in his place by using the name that's above every other name. So in actuality, you can say this. Instead of us praying like Jabez and saying, keep me from evil, you can say evil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Temptation, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Sin, you have no dominion over me. Unforgiveness, you have no dominion over me. Bitterness, you have no, unfor no, no in any way power over my life. No dominion whatsoever. I am free to use the name for victory. He always causes us to triumph. Let's all stand together before the Lord. Let's gather around the altar before the Lord. Hallelujah. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound. And through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world, through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. 
I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.